you have your Bible with you this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is in the Old Testament, one of the prophets, small little book. Matter of fact, if you have a pew Bible in front of you, we have different pages in our worship center. If you're on this side, I think you'll probably find it on page 662. Somewhere in the middle, you may find it on page 654. And if you're over here, you'll probably find it on page 938. It's way back in the Old Testament, getting very close to the New Testament. It's a small little book. It has a great impact, and that's what we're going to talk about in our new sermon series as we deal with this whole question of doubts, as we deal with an understanding of what Habakkuk was trying to teach us and would have some great things to say to us about our uncertainties, about our confusion, about the doubts that we have in life. The whole purpose of Habakkuk really is to move us to a place of deeper faith, though he doesn't start there, and we'll understand that a little bit as we get through the day, but he really is. He's moving us toward a place of of growing faith in Christ, growing in our faith to build that foundation of who we are, of what he wants. But today, he helps us by asking some questions to God. So as you're looking for Habakkuk, we'll be looking at the first chapter, the first few verses in this chapter. I want you to find it so you kind of know where it settles in the midst of things. As you're still looking for that, I want to remind you also of a couple of things that I want to ask you to be praying for. Uh, This week, we start Vacation Bible School at Palmyra. That starts tonight, goes through Wednesday. I hope you'll be praying for our VBS at Palmyra and reaching that community. It's a great opportunity for us in that area and for leaders that are stepping up from that campus that will be leading Vacation Bible School there this week. also want to ask you to be praying for our Serbia team. They landed in Serbia, and they are getting into the work this week there in Eastern Europe. Uh, their goal is to work with teenagers at a camp to be able to proclaim the gospel to them. I hope you'll be praying for that group as they're there from our church. And then also we have our middle school camp that happens this week. We have middle schoolers leaving tomorrow, come back Friday, pray for middle schoolers and the leaders who are up with them every night that they are at camp this week. But it's going to be a great week, so I hope you'll be praying for those three things as we get ready for this week. Well, you know when you look at the book of Habakkuk, he is a a prophet in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is, uh, has several prophets. As a matter of fact, you have 17 books of prophecy in the Old Testament. Five of those are called major prophets. Twelve of those are called minor prophets. A major prophet, for example, will be Jeremiah or Isaiah. And oftentimes when you think about major and minor, you think about important or least important. But that's not what it means at all. We call those minor prophets in the Old Testament because of the amount of information. Matter of fact, Habakkuk has 56 verses in the entire book of the Old Testament. So it's a minor in its size, okay? That's where it gets that idea of minor prophet. Habakkuk is an unusual little book, and as we talk about that over the next few weeks, you'll see that we have four weeks in this series, and and truthfully, you you need to be here every part of that in order to to catch all of it, because what we do this morning is just beginning. We're just just asking some basic questions. We're dealing with an important question that Habakkuk deals with at the very beginning. Habakkuk was that prophet. Matter of fact, the first verse calls him a prophet. He's talking about the oracles of God. He's speaking to God. Habakkuk's different than the other prophetic books. He doesn't give any direction toward the future. That's not his purpose, though. God does. As you see this book, God 
tells him what's going to happen in the future, but that's not Habakkuk's issue. Habakkuk was really with the purpose of asking some questions from hearing from God. It's a different kind of book because this little book is a conversation, completely a conversation between one man who is a prophet and God. It is that kind of conversation. It's kind of interesting. He, he's talking for the nation of Israel as a Jewish prophet. He's talking for them. Uh, he's trying to intercede for them in a, in a way, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But that's what he's about. It's that conversation between him and God. Now, part of that conversation, and that's kind of where we're going to dive into this morning, has a whole lot to do with this question that he asks, and it has to do, and it's centered around that question of the word why. Now, I don't know about you, but I think all of us probably asked that question somewhere along the way, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning because that's where back starts. He talks about that why question. He helps us to know that it's okay to ask that why question. I don't know if you have children or grandchildren, but a lot of their life is asking when they're small these questions about why. Why are we going to do this? Why are we having this for dinner? Why does it look like this? Why does this have to happen? And, and, you know, it doesn't change for us as adults. We continue to ask why. We put it in a kind of a different category. We don't see it as being so childish, but it still comes out in our life in a great way. Habakkuk was at a time period that uh, the nation of Israel had been really strong. They had been, they had been God-fearing people. They had been keeping the law for a number of years under King Josiah. But King Josiah, now this is a southern kingdom. I, I don't know if you know uh, in, in the Old Testament history, uh, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom uh, split, right? And, and the northern kingdom uh, in about 725-ish um, was taken over by the Assyrians and the southern kingdom, which had the city of Jerusalem in it, we call it, we call it Judah. So they were the, the southern kingdom, and Josiah had been the king of the southern kingdom, and he had ruled in a way that brought the people of God back to God, and there had been great response to that. Josiah was killed in battle, and after he was killed, his son became king, who was not so good. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that only after a few years, very few years, he actually was killed, was overthrown, and another, another uh, one of his sons became king, who absolutely forgot all the things that Josiah had taught them about being a follower of God, right, in God's people. So at that point... There was great confusion, there was great hurt, there was great struggle, there was great violence, there was great corruption, they had turned away from God completely. Uh, Josiah had left the, the southern kingdom very strong. They believed, because Jerusalem was in the country or the, the capital of the southern kingdom, and they believed that God was going to so protect them that they could do whatever they wanted and nothing was going to happen to them. Well, we find that not to be the case. Matter of fact, Habakkuk's going to give some indication of that, of how God responds to him. But really his whole question was, as we get to Habakkuk, was really that question of why. God, why are you letting this happen? So if you have your Bible open, you have your notes in front of you, we'll kind of walk through that and see how he was speaking to them. Because Habakkuk had this burden, he wanted God to do something, Right? Now, I know that there are people around us who have the burden for God to do something. God, when are you going to do something? What is it that you're going to do? It's not only true in our nation, but it mostly it's true in our lives. Because most of us who are in here at one time or the other, if it hasn't already happened, 
It's going to happen to us at some point when we ask God, God, why? Why did you do this? Why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do this? Why did this occur? Why did you allow? That is just who we are, right? I mean, from little kids asking why, it becomes a part of our human nature. God, why is this going to happen? God is not afraid of your why question, right? He is not afraid of that. Matter of fact, we find that here. We find that an example from Jesus on the cross. But Habakkuk really helped us to know that when he comes to God with the question. So if you have everything in hand, we'll get into this passage and look at it and see what it might say to you. The first thing I want us to see today is in verse 2 of Habakkuk 1, where Habakkuk talks to God. Now remember, this is a conversation. And he says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Have you, ever, have you ever been there? Have you ever gone through something and say, Lord, why is this occurring? Why are you not hearing me? Why are you not answering? That's exactly what Habakkuk is doing here, right? He's doing the same thing that we do. God, why, why are you not healing this person? God, why are you not giving, giving help in my marriage? God, why are you not giving me the job I want? I mean, we ask these questions all the time. And here's Habakkuk doing the same thing. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Now we would say, well, well, we know know that God hears us, right? So it's not a listening thing that he's talking about here. He's really pouring his heart out to God as we would to say, God, why are you not answering me on this? Why am I not hearing from you? It's almost, God, like you're not listening to what I'm saying. Now, I, I believe it's very important for us to understand. I think one of the greatest mysteries of our existence is when we sense that heaven is silent, right? I mean, that's, that's a huge mystery. We're, we're struggling with, with something, and we trust God, but it looks like God is not answering. See, Habakkuk was a prophet. He was a, a man of God. He understood the laws of the Old Testament. He believed that, that God was over Judah and that everything in, in was going to be completely protected because Jerusalem, the, the, very, the very center, epic center of everything of God's people was right there. So he was saying, God, it is absolutely in destruction. Let's go on to the second part of verse 2 where he says, I cry out to you violence. Now the word violence can also be translated as struggles. I cry out to you all the struggles, all the conflict, all the problem, all the corruption, all the things that are happening around me. God, I'm crying out to you, but you do not save. So the first thing we see in this passage is unanswered prayer. Here Habakkuk was saying to God, God, why are you not answering me? Why are you not answering my prayer? And I would say that most of us in this room have asked that same thing. We said, God, where are you in this? Why are you not saving us in this? Now, I said earlier that in order to get the fullness of what we're talking about of Habakkuk, you really have to be here all four weeks because we're not going to get an answer today. Now, I'm going to get us to an answer today, but, but truthfully, the, the answer that he gives unto Habakkuk comes because Habakkuk asks this question, and then later on in chapter 1, which we're not going to touch today, is the second question, but his question of why comes out of this understanding of an unanswered prayer. God, where are you? Why are you silent? Now, the second thing I want us to see today is not just the unanswered prayer, but the unsettled problems that he points to in chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. These unsettled problems that he brings about. 
Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounding. Do you hear what he's talking about? Man, do you hear the angst in his, in his life, in his body? We, we all understand that. We all have gone through that, the conflict of families, the conflict of struggle among people, relationship, people that we love, friendship. And then he says, therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked, him and the righteous, so that justice is perverted. Now, it's an interesting thing because all of a sudden, it's as if Habakkuk has to bring to God a reminder of the problems in his prayer. God, you're not answering, so let me tell you again what the problem is, right? How many times do we go back to the Lord with our problem? God, you're not answering. Let me, let me, let me hear an answer from you. Let me hear an answer from you. Now, he makes an interesting phrase here in this passage where he says that why do you look at me at injustice therefore the law is paralyzed now i'm here to tell you that the bible does not teach that the law is paralyzed because the bible points us everything in the old testament always points to jesus don't forget that if you're looking at something in the old testament it is going to point us to jesus the bible is a whole it is a history book it is his book and from beginning to end it's going to point us to christ matter of fact this idea of the gospel be or the law paralyzing us i think is a as a direct correlation of what we would find in Romans chapter 3 because he's talking about this law. He's talking about the law of God is going to do these things. Here's where the problem's coming in. The problem comes in our life when we expect the laws to do something, the laws to be right, the law of healing, the law of God taking care of us. We, we expect those. But, but here's what Romans says about that in Romans chapter 3 verse 21. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law, has been made known to each of us to which the law and the prophets testify. So he tells us in Romans that the law has been, been talked about. We are apart from the law, that the law has talked about it, the prophets testified about it. This righteousness from God, he says, comes through faith. Now, truthfully, Habakkuk, if we get to the end, it's going to be building our faith. That's his purpose. That's God's purpose in having this book in the book so that our faith is going to be made stronger. But here in Romans, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Now, hear that in regards to what Habakkuk is saying in Habakkuk chapter 1. God, where are you? Why are you not saving? The law is just. Where is the injustice of the law? And in Romans, he tells us, no, it is saving. And the salvation is in Christ. The redemption is in Christ. Everything about this unsettled problem that we have we're looking for the answers, yet God says the answer is in Christ. That's where our answer is, the faith that we have. Matter of fact, if you just turn over to back at chapter 2, verse 4, it says, but the righteous will live by his faith. I'm ahead of myself in the sermon there, but the truth of that is that if we see the unanswered prayer and we begin to look at the unsettled problems in our life, it's got to lead us to something. Right now, so here's the story, here's the situation, here's, the, here's what's happening. Habakkuk is before God, and he is talking to God, 
And he's saying, God, why do you let this happen? Where's the injustice of all this stuff? Where's the law inside this? God, I need to hear an answer. And so what happens? God answers him. God says to him in the very next verse, and actually for the next 11 verses, he gives him an unexpected prediction. Because we all want to hear from God. Now the problem is we all want to hear from God and get the answer that we want. So God starts out like this. I'd, I'd love to have heard God's voice, right? I'm not sure how Habakkuk heard it, but he wrote it down. He said, here's what God said. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your day that you would not believe, even if you were told. Now, doesn't that sound great, guys? I mean, here Habakkuk is praying, and all of a sudden God says, man, just watch what's going to happen, Habakkuk. It is going to be, you're going to be totally amazed by that. And I'm thinking Habakkuk is like, yeah, God, I've been waiting for the right answer. I've been waiting for you to do exactly what I've been asking you to do. Hence the problem. When our asking, we are usually asking, God, I'm asking you for this issue. I've got these problems, and I've got the solution, God. If you just do what I, I think you ought to do on this, this thing can be fixed. Well, that's what Habakkuk was doing. I don't know about you, but I, I do that a lot. I mean, that's, that's just, a, I don't know, is it human nature? It's just, is it who we are? It's like, God, I, I think I can figure this out for you. God, I know you created the universe. And you've got all these things under your control. I know scripture. I know what it says. I trust you. I trust you. I read all this stuff. I trust you. But let me get in the problem, and I've got the answer for you. I can help you figure it out. I've got a better solution than you may come up with. And that's just part of who we are, unfortunately. But God says to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, you're going to be utterly amazed by what's going to happen. And it sounds like, man, it's going to be great, except it wasn't. Matter of fact, he tells him in verse 6, if you have that text, he tells him in verse 6, that I am raising up the Babylonians, the ruthless people, they're going to sweep across the whole earth. They're going to take your dwelling places. They are feared and dreaded people. They are going to come in with horses that are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves. They're going to, they're going to trample over everything. They will sweep past you like the wind, and their strength is their God, which is themselves. Now, all of a sudden, that is not what Habakkuk wanted to hear, because it's not what he thought God would do. And I think it's so real for us. I think it's just such a real passage. Because when we get to those places where we're seeking God and we're looking for answers, sometimes it just doesn't turn out the way we were hoping. Sometimes it just doesn't respond. God doesn't respond the way we've told him to. And when that happens, when that occurs, we, we kind of go off the deep end like we're going to find out at Habakkuk does because he just goes right into the next question, which we're not going to get to today. But in, in the matter of all that, it's as if he is saying, it's, if God is helping us to understand that he is the God who is building our faith, who is building our strength. And I think that's what he's doing in this passage. That's what I think that he does for us. Even in those midst of times when we don't get the answer we want, God has the purpose of building strength in to your life as his child. His desire is to shepherd us. He is the good shepherd. 
And he is about shepherding us through all these issues, all these problems, so that when he brings us to ourselves, when he brings us to this place, we really, I'm, I'm going to take us on over to this third chapter, the very end of very last verses that we'll get to four weeks from now. But it says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. This is a backing now talking, not God. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And that really is the purpose of our entire series. Moving us from a place of doubt and confusion to a place of moving us to a new height, a new place with God, a new faith of who he wants to be. Where does that come from? Well, I believe that comes also from the New Testament, and I have put that in your listening guide today. Not only unanswered prayer and unsettled problems and unexpected prediction, but an unending peace. And I really think beyond all things, that's what God wants for our lives. He wants to take it back through an understanding that everything's not going to be perfect, that everything's not going to come out the way he had hoped it would come out. Everything's not going to end in a nice little package with a nice little bow around it. And it's a perfect little story that ends after 30 minutes and everything comes out perfect as we see on TV most often. But the truth is God is about bringing into your life and my life when we walk through difficulties in life a peace that goes beyond everything else. It's unending I pick up this passage over in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. And if you have your listening guide, I'll ask you to circle a few things around it. Because he says, therefore I tell you, this is Jesus, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than? And that's what I want you to circle. Is not life more than? Is not life more than the car you drive, the house you live in, the money you have in the bank, your retirement income? Is life not more than that? Of course it is. Of course it's more than all those things. No matter how many questions we ask, no matter all the why things around us, God has provided us a more than kind of life that gives us peace in the most difficult times in our life. A more than kind of life that says to us, you're going to be amazed at who God is. Now, in this Old Testament passage, he was saying to him, you're going to be utterly amazed by this, and it's not what Habakkuk wants to hear. Yet he tells us we're going to be amazed beyond anything we can think or imagine. What is that? It is his peace, his redemption that's coming comes into our life. That's more than anything we can think or imagine. Now, oftentimes we get so locked into the physical, so locked into the earth around us, so locked into exactly where we are, and that's what Jesus is trying to move us out of. That's what God was telling Habakkuk. It's not about where you are and how Israel is going to be. It's about who I am and what I'm going to do in your life. So is not life more than Food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away, stow away in the barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than? Man, that's a great thing to circle in that passage. Are you not more valuable than? Of course you are. Of course that's what he's saying. The most valuable thing to God is the relationship that he wants in your life and with you. That values more than anything else. And so when we're asking the why questions, when we're going through doubt and confusion, this statement, this simple statement, are you not more valuable than anything else? Is yes, you are. And what God is doing, though we may not understand it, though we may not like it, no, we may not see the outcome, no, we may not understand anything's this side of glory, 
It is about you and the fact that you are valuable to him. That's why he sent Christ to die on the cross. That's why we celebrate communion today, because he's raised from the dead to give you new life. Now, we read this. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, that not even Solomon of all his glory was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So, do not worry. Ha, easy for him to say, right? Easy for him to write. It's Jesus, of course he can say that. Yet he says to us, that's our faith. Our faith is not in ourselves, not in faith in our ability or what we can do or cannot do. It is in him, and that's what he's trying to teach us. That's what Habakkuk wants us to hear. That's what we're going to look at through this little prophetic book of 56 verses. It is about the fact that we can have an unshaken faith in Christ, no matter what we're going through, no matter when we don't get our prayers answered. So do not worry what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should wear. For the pagans, pagans, those who are not of Christ, pagans run after all these things. But your heavenly Father knows you, and he knows what you need. Why? Because you're not a pagan. You are one of his. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, is that a true statement. And so you have a backing, and you have this little book in the Old Testament that brings to light for us how we can have a struggling faith, a growing faith, a questioning faith, being willing to ask the questions, why? Being able to recognize that there are times when our prayers will not be answered. There are times when their problems are so unsettled. There are times when what we hear is not what we thought we would hear. But the purpose, the end result is saying, how do I rest in you, God? How do I rest in all the things that you have for me? How do I rest in my salvation? And that's what we have to rest in. My prayer would be that if you're in this room today, you rest in your salvation because you know Christ and you have been saved. If you have not been saved, then it's difficult for you to rest in your salvation. Matter of fact, it's impossible. And the first place that you must begin is with salvation. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Christ. But for many of us, for a lot of us, for most of us, it's being able to say, Lord, as we ask these questions, as we deal with these whys, as we walk through all this, build our faith so that, as Habakkuk said, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go to the heights in faith. In your faith, not in yourself, but in him.